Online Broadcast Network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Be gone, turn in! Thank you for tuning in. This is the After Show for Sleepy Hollow here at AfterBuzz TV. And if you haven't already, be sure to go to youtube.com slash AfterBuzz TV. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and go to iTunes and SoundCloud and download our podcast there as well as going to Twitter. And if you want to tweet along with us during the show, you can tweet us at hashtag ABTV Sleepy Hollow or you can tweet me at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X or one of my amazing co-hosts, Jackie Borowski. At 123Jackie underscore B. And my also amazing but slightly less beautiful Zach Wilson. <laughs> it's true. What well, it's true. Uh, at that Zach Wilson. T H A T Z A C H W I L S O N. And I'm just turning my mic up really quick. Oh yeah. Can I turn mine up? What number? Oh, uh, there I am. All right, guys. So mm-hmm. I want to talk about this show. That by the way, hi guys. <laughs> Haven't seen you in a while. Welcome back, Steve. He grew a beard. <laughs> it's in the almost time he was like away. it's almost like he got. He killed someone, went away for a while, and then mysteriously showed back up. So that's why he's on the other side of the table. We're keeping him far away. From yeah. Him. So I am the Orlando Jones to Matt Lieberman's Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I really I need to turn on my my headset. Well, maybe you. Should so does do that, that make while us Ichabod and Abby? Hey, put her on the wide. All right, let's get these headsets done. Sorry, I didn't this realize is, I could not hear anything. Okay, is, that's good. That was me, by the oh, way. Oh, just kidding. How's that? That's better? Yeah, that's better. That's better. Super All right, better. so this is live, guys. I'm We're sorry. live on YouTube. I I'm think, sorry. Is this the first time we've done Sleepy Hollow live on YouTube? No. No? I don't think so. We no. always do it live, but we're doing live on... We're live on YouTube. There's a chat roll, and you can tweet hashtag ABTV. And if you're on YouTube, go ahead and check out the show. Come on in the chat roll. Comment. We'll shout you out. Amy Gonzalez says, hi, Jackie. Hi. Boo69Bs, no matter how many times I see you in the chat roll, I always laugh when I see your name, and I always am hesitant to shout you out because of your name. (laughs) But... It's a hard name to say. So, guys, we're covering uh, Season 2, Episode 14, Kali Yuga. Uh, that's the, what what I thought was interesting is, uh, I looked up Kali Yuga and that's, it's actually the apocalyptic version of the god Kali. Okay. So, um. So there's a, there's a positive version and then there's a negative version? Uh, I don't know if it's positive or negative. I guess there's just a normal version of the god, but this is like the, the vice apocalyptic version. Okay. Yeah. So, I gotta say, like, judging from this uh, Guys, this episode was good. Uh, yeah. Like, this episode was good. Like, we had a, season I, uh, one good. Yeah. <gasps> <gasps> Hold on. Let's but guys, let's let's but guys I'm, I'm very confused after this episode. I, for one reason, I, I don't I don't know what it is that I'm feeling. <laughs> I think the, it's like It's the feeling enjoyment. you get when your old boyfriend starts to look no, good again. No, it's like I'm enjoying 
watching Holly. Oh, he's gone. What is this emotion? I don't (laughs) understand it. Just to see Lee if he gets good. Well, it's all. You know, they almost had the whole episode until they threw in the random idea of, hey, you know what? We need an excuse to get Holly shirtless again. (laughs) Cheap. Cheap. They just wanted to make me jealous. Ah. No, but I mean. All things considered, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was I thought it was harkened back to the first season where there's actually like interesting things going on, a little bit of character development. Katrina wasn't too involved, but I feel like she has potential now that she's not locked down by so many different plot points just shackling her, literally. Um I, I have to say this though, I had a fan tweet this to me and I thought it was the best description ever. She said she said, uh, this was the first unreserved liking I've had of a Sleepy Hollow episode in season two, meaning that anything else, she kind of liked it with a hesitation. Mm-hmm. And and I feel that way, too. It's like, it's the first episode I can fully, like, breathe a sigh of relief. So, you know what? You know what I'm really thinking about the show right now is that they went into this show so hardcore with season one with, like, Dun 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 dun! Main story, main story, main story, main story. That they really kind of just uh, shot their chickens before they hatched, and they kind of had to redesign things around how can we make this last longer. And what I really got the feeling from this episode is it reminded me of the X Files. It reminded me of there's there, it's different, and to make it different, they've taken on some pretty bad writing recently. But, like, to make it different, if they can succeed with this kind of serialized writing, where it's more of episode, 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 story, huge main plot point, and then that kind of runs through all the episodes, as opposed to plot point in every single one, I think it could be really successful, and I think they're if it, if it took them sacrificing the first half of the second season to move it onto a train platform that can send them in the way of X-Files did that I really enjoyed, because with the whole Abby Ichabod um, team member thing and with this team, I could see it running as like kind of an X-Files series with a few different overarching stories that start and stop. They are the Mulder and Scully and it's, I mean, it's even at that level where where Mulder and Scully had that uh, sexual tension and it, you were always playing with the will they or won't they and, and I don't think, I mean I know you guys famously know me that I, I love the I love the it could be romance but you can love the romance without saying, "Oh, we have to act on this right now." Yeah, like they can milk it. Yeah, they should. They you, should be milking. Well, it. a good show strings along stories mm-hmm. in like ways that like you want to know more, but you don't like. It, you're not upset that you didn't get it at that exact moment. Mm-hmm. You you're willing to wait for the answer. But Sleepy Hollow to the previous this season has been like setting things up that like I either don't want to know about or they're like giving me information that like isn't at all what I not just what I didn't expect but what I didn't want to happen in a bad way you yeah. know like that is a dull way to go right. or like the un, a weirdly unmotivated way to go I but, think they just didn't know where they were really headed I think they I think they hit a point with the storyboard for season 2 and, uh, hey, Nando, can we shut the door out there so I don't hear these people anymore? Um, w- what I don't think they underst- I don't think they knew where they were going in, in the sense that if they were going at the same pace as season one, the entire series would be over at the end of season two. It's just no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts around it. So I think 
what we were hating about the first half of season two was that they kept introducing these characters and they kept giving us more characters, but really it was just a badly framed, hey, let's build the team. So when we start continuing on for season two and three, we have these characters and we don't need to build more characters. So I think they really just badly established these characters, but these are kind of like the whole, oh, let's get the team together kind of thing. But it's not even the team we wanted. That was the thing. It was like there were characters that uh, audience members had responded to that they didn't address. There was uh, Big Ash. Is that the that's the name of the Native American? Was his name Big yeah, Ash? Yeah, he came in and we were like, ooh, interesting. Yeah, Native that, American shaman that, motorcycle gang? Yeah, that whole story was really fascinating. People loved Carolyn and she was like murdered like seconds later in that episode. <laughs> Um, even Joe Corbin was a really interesting character and you you bring in these characters that have these like these backgrounds that you kind of touched on and we want to know more but you don't do anything with them and then you promote up characters that you refuse to well I think that this is what sorry uh, this has been this uh, this season and this episode what I thought it did really well was acknowledge that there it sort of acknowledged that there were issues yes. there was there was some very clear meta stuff like writers being aware that there that issues have come up on the show and trying to write the path a little bit but this show was the right balance of here's a good just single episode storyline yes. like here's an issue we're going to deal with it's going to come in it's going to go it might affect things later but it doesn't have to necessarily while also stringing through character-heavy drama and issues between the relationships, not just, like, romantic relationships, but just friendships and things, while also feeding crazy, insane, supernatural stuff that's clearly going to affect us going down the line with Irving. Those are the three elements that Sleepy Hollow needs to have in every episode, and there's no reason that it shouldn't. Well, I think I think what, what went wrong was that they don't. They're, they can't really tell what an audience is really going to going to grab onto when they're writing an episode. They can write it, and a little throwaway line that they could have given one of these side characters that we love, that we love because of that line, they might not have been thinking that the audience would have grabbed onto it. Um, I think the audience was really grabbing onto those lines because there's literally nothing else interesting going on in those episodes. Uh, yeah, but that's arguable. I will say what I really liked about this episode is that they didn't kill Camilla in the end. I love that. Yes, I That's love like, that they leave her open as a villain. Because I thought she was an interesting character. Yes. Because everything that they said about her, everything, like, her whole backstory that turned out to be a lie, but otherwise her whole history with Holly, like, I like that. I like opening a door and, and you not know, shutting it. And not shutting it. Yeah, you don't need to shut it in one episode. Because, like, the, the problem I've been having is I have a mind that just searches for answers within the show and I will come up with all these crazy theories and when you kill off every character you introduce it makes creating theories really really easy and really easy to guess when you have like 50 characters that have been introduced have backstories and then they go away for a while that's when I actually kind of have some 
place to explore my imagination and be like, this person could come back and interact with the story. This person could come back into play. Yes, and what I'm what I'm hoping that this sort of leads to, the fact that they left her alive and sent Holly after her, is not just a device to get Holly out, especially once he just got interesting. Right. Um, but it that they'll bring her back, that we don't have the mysterious Frankenstein out in the woods as this, maybe he'll show up, but he doesn't. They, it need, that's the thing. It needs to pay off. Yeah, it so needs they, to pay off. In this episode, they have set up some cool stuff. Some stuff that could be really, really interesting. But it, but I, I, we have to wait till the end of the season to see if it really is a great episode or if it's just like a great build that doesn't go anywhere. And it's sort of like, and this, um, I'm looking at who at who wrote this episode. And it's Sam Chelson and Nelson Greaves, who are the same writers who brought us the episode Deliverance, which, if you're not sure which episode that is, um, let's just say Stephen had to put $5 in the pun jar for Aurora Borgnalis. Yeah. Well, you made up for it in this episode. But what, but, but what carried between those two episodes is setup. There's a great setup there of, like, the baby's coming, the baby's coming, and we stopped it. But what's the next step? And the next step was problematic. So we have to make sure that the next steps after this episode are not also problematic. Because Uh, it's a serial... We talked about this last week a little bit. It's interesting because they actually... I disagree with you on, like... Uh, on the comparison, I just like that whole episode, the Aurora Borealis episode, was awful to me. The whole thing. Hashtag and, Aurora Borealis. And for them, oh no, don't make that a hashtag. Get a and for them, out there. for that, they must have got some mad notes on this episode for them to like pull it up this much to the, it's unrecognizable. Well, the, the interesting thing about this episode is that they credit the story to somebody else. They credit the story to Heather V. Uh, Rejnier. Um, hmm. but not the actual teleplay, which says that they completely rewrote somebody's story. Um, there are somebody's script. They like right. saw the bare bones, and that's and then it's all about uh, writers guild uh, attri- attrib- attribution yeah. at that point. But uh, regardless, I I think that they did it. What I, I guess I like the build in that in de- the episode Deliverance, mm-hmm. maybe not the payoff at the end. Yeah. Um, but I liked the build, and just like this episode is building somewhere cool. It had a cool A story, a good episode, and and frankly, I like that we kind of feel like they're aware of what the mistakes that they made. Well, that's interesting. That's a point that I wanted to bring up. There is this there is this article that I tweeted at. Um, it's an IO9 article. I forgot who wrote it, but. It, it was basically the art, the headline of the article is like Sleepy Hollow is saying that sorry to us as fans because the fans have been very vocal about what they don't like and it's not just it's not just seeing it on Twitter or reading it in an, in an article but it's numbers your numbers have dropped off significantly mm-hmm. that's a that's a real tangible thing a lot of people in the chat earlier agreeing in that this episode was really like. The conversation between Ichabod and Abby was really between the writers and the fans. Yeah. Like, we have not been communicating well. <laughs> That's um, true. The, thing about, the thing about Orion, just, I'm so sorry about Orion. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's, see, that's a good seed to plant that can then come back because I totally forgot about the whole key thing that she didn't tell Orion, that she didn't tell Ichabod Ichabod. about yeah. it, that she hid it. But I, as soon as they mentioned it, oh yeah, and that would be that was like a trust thing. Yeah, it's a great point to bring up 
they need to be doing more of those seed things. Uh, yes. Not what the what the showrunner said uh, we were talking about last week about, oh, well, we want to make it more episodic and not such a serialized So This is a serialized show. <laughs> it is. You can have episodic storylines, like one-off demons and characters we have to deal with each week, but it is a serialized show at the end of the day. It's not Breaking Bad serialized. It, just, it needs a good balance. Yeah. Yes. Because they don't have enough to make it a Breaking Bad-esque serialized show. They don't have enough. Like, yeah. They have not well, built Well, nothing the, will ever be Breaking No, but Bad. I mean, they have not built the show in a way that with the characters we have, there's enough drama and intrigue between those characters for us to really pay attention for an hour if it's just about those. It's just the problem is, is they bring in these interesting characters and then kill them off. So if they stop doing that and they ch- pick and choose who they kill and get rid of, like, the fact that they had to break the wall and bring Irving back, <laughs> like, it's, it's, that's one of the things that my, my roommate's a writer for, for Teen Wolf and he, or he, he, or my old roommate actually, and he just, he doesn't like it when your universe has absolutes and you break the absolutes. So, yes. like, the fact that Irving was killed. There it is. And it's like, oh, let's bring him back. It's like, I'll give you that one. You get that one. But I want to know that if somebody's killed, they're gone for good. I want to know that if they defeat something, it's gone for good. But I also, yeah. This is the problem that a lot of shows face. And, like, even good shows deal with it. I mean, you have... Uh, Buffy. Yeah, Buffy. <laughs> I was about, I was getting to Buffy. Uh, um, well, because like, Buffy loses stakes when you bring her back from the dead. Spoiler. Well, that that was actually that's a that was a network thing. They didn't know if the show was going to get canceled or come back. But like, and like, there's always things that happen. But like, just but as an example, like it, it lowers the stakes of the show um, when you kill your characters and they, there's no consequences. Uh, on Heroes, it was Claire's blood, just yeah. saving people's lives. And it, it became, yes, in that instance, it's like, oh, cool, that happened. Except that it has, ram- you have to remember that that has ramifications. So if Irving is back, if Ichabod dies next week, what prevents him from just coming back via the same loophole? I know, it's like, it's like if they just used a phoenix down on Eris in Final Fantasy VII nerdiest comment of the week, but it would have taken all feeling out of that out of that game. I mean, you should have heard, you should hear Tari Miller talk about anime on Grimm, if you want nerdy comments. But... I, I um, think my, my problem with the Irving death was that, to this point, we don't know, we haven't really been explained why he came back, or what happens, and I think... Um, we did get a little bit here at the end, though. So can we can we dive in? Or- so let's talk about Irving. So Irving, throughout this episode, was trying to. Well, he he got off in court. Him, his wife is representing him, and he's in the court system. And basically, the state doesn't want to press any charges or anything. They have no nothing to go against him. So the judge is like, "Okay, you're off. You're exonerated from everything." And Irving's mm-hmm. like. Still, he just doesn't even know what to think, it seems, at this point. He's just so caught off guard by the whole thing. And then his wife is not really very trusting of him because she wants to know what the deal is. She wants to know that Henry isn't controlling him anymore. So they go to Katrina to use her magic, um, probably, yeah, I'm not even going to go into that, um, to find out if she's connected to Henry. What they really need right now is a sin eater, so it'd be really nice to have Henry be able to tell him if he's connected to Henry, but they can't because Henry's <laughs> gone because they killed off. There would be other sin eaters in the world, though, you would, no? You would think, but I think it was one of those things where there's only one at a time or something. I'd have to go watch season one again. 
Um, there were uh, they they did say that it, they didn't say that there was only one, but they are uncommon. Okay, so Irving uh, finds out that she doesn't know why he's alive again, but she knows for a fact that it's not connected to Henry. That. But that, then she looks all suspicious, vicious. Yeah, that was weird. That you know what? Actually, okay. So <laughs> I need to get up on my soapbox for a second. <laughs> First off, let's address the elephant in the room. We, uh, not we. I should say this. I'll take responsibility. I have trashed that character all season long, and it's because it's a boring character. And um, also, Pink Glee. Turn your mic up right now, because I know you made a comment about me on iTunes. Saying, I actually agree with you, Pinkley. Saying that... Just, just mute her. Uh, saying that I harp on Katrina too much. Uh, if you turn the mic down every time I talk, how do you know I'm doing that first? Which means I called you out, I know you're listening She's to She's not me defensive at all, guys. Don't worry. Uh, I'm not defensive. I'm just throwing shade. Um, also... Uh, Katia tweeted this epic tweet that okay, says... Okay, so we're going to dive into this now. Yeah. Oh, do you says, really want to go into this? Oh, we're going you, you into this. You have to. It's an okay. elephant in the room. We will come back to Irving. I wanted to finish... At like, least, can we finish Irving? Because this is going to be a conversation. Part, this is part of Irving. This is all part well, of but Irving. The, but Katya's comments are a whole topic it's that we're going to spend. Irving. Yeah. It's part of Irving. It's part of what they're we, doing please, with that character. Please, can we finish Irving before we get into this? Well... Here's here's my argument though because what you brought up was the the weird thing that happened with Katya no or Katya with uh, Katrina knowing or not knowing whether or not he uh, was connected to Henry was connected to Henry and the thing is it's left open ended to the point where where I'm wondering if they're taking a drastic character turn because of all this stuff that's been happening. So you think that he's possibly connected to Katrina, and she's the one who brought him back? No, I think, well, possibly. Or I think that when she looked into him, she knew exactly what it was, but she's just interested in finding her son. Or she sees that there's something evil there, because when he looks in the window, he has no reflection. But what I see the, what I saw that scene as is that she's not connected. What I saw that scene as was she was holding on to the hope that Henry was still alive, and when she read him, it hit home that Henry was gone. Okay, I read it as tripping the the weeping lady. I did covering yeah, everything. That's I how I read it. I didn't see that. That's interesting. If that was what the the angle they're trying to play, then it didn't come through to me at least, and I guess to Jackie either. Um, to me, it also did feel like there she saw some piece of information that it we either missed because of those flashes were so quick, um, and. We, it's something. It's a. That's another. And I. You know what? I actually enjoy. I like that. That little hint. Again, as long as it's paid off properly, that there's something else going on here. Because clearly, Irving is not just returned to us. We saw that little mirror shot at the end, where we see him. He has no reflection. He has no reflection. So, Stephen, what did you? What? What did you? Say that he is now. Oh, he's vampiring. Vampiring, I like that. <laughs> yeah, vampiring. Uh, but I don't think he's a vampire. Um, what I kind of, what I kind of, he's something, and I, I'm willing to argue that Katrina knows. Katrina knows and didn't tell. But him. what's more, da- what's more worrisome, knowing or not knowing? Because she's supposed to be this all-knowing, like very knowledgeable of everything that's going on. She knew all about Moloch. She knew all about Headless. She knows all about the Horsemen. She's good coven or whatever coven, if there is a coven. And next, next week we'll learn that. Can you you can you can interpret her reaction to that as what if somebody who's supposed to know everything was so sure of it being Henry connected 
and then finds out that it's completely something she doesn't know about. That's scary in itself, and that would be fearful for her, and that would also give her that response. So I really don't think that Katrina's involved with this because it would be too interesting. No, I'm just kidding. That would be too interesting. <laughs> no, too interesting. Um, but going into, going into Irving, the fact that he can see that he has no reflection means that it's probably not um, another force trying to trick him. Because if it was somebody trying to trick him, he would have a reflection in his mind. Because we've seen all these hallucination things going on throughout the seasons. Like, there's no way they wouldn't overlook, oh, hey, by the way, you don't have a reflection anymore. So, if it's anything, I'm wondering if he's actually just a specter or something like that. Did zombie Andy have a reflection? I don't Yes. Did he? Because his neck broke in the mirror in the first episode. Well, that was when he got killed, right? Yeah, that was the first time he died. So he was a human. And reflections have a lot to do with a lot of things here. I feel like it means, like, for me, the way I read it was, uh, was the reflection means he's dead. He's still dead. I sp- oh, I, I, yeah, I, I think it either has to be that or he's back, but he doesn't, he still doesn't have his soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just because, like, that. if that, if we play with that mythology, that if, if the reason a vampire doesn't have a, uh, have a reflection Flushes. is because it's it doesn't have, have a soul, soul, the mirror is the reflection, is the soul's reflection of the self, which I think plays with what we got a little bit in season one, with the importance of mirrors and everything. Because when you bit pulled into purgatory, it's through a mirror, it's your reflection that's going there. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, perhaps that it's only his physical body there, so what? Where is his soul right now? And who? And not just where is his soul, but if if Henry doesn't control his soul, who does? Um, theoretically, maybe there's something. Maybe there's a rider in that contract that, in the event of uh, the horseman of uh, war's de- death, uh, the soul shall be passed on to the horseman of uh, pestilence. <laughs> or maybe if they maybe. You know, it's also interesting is they might be just turning Henry into, or, uh, is his, no, not Henry, um, Irving. Irving, Frank, yeah, they're turning Frank into a vessel. I want them to a turn soul- Frank into a horseman. A soulless vessel. And they could still, they could still turn him into something different. And the fact that he's not just, like, back alive and normal again is hope for the future. Yeah, no, it's it's a cool thing. I I agree. Well, he thinks he's okay, and that's the problem here. Is like he he and Katrina now there's some kind of miscommunication because she basically told him he was okay, and he knows now that he's not okay. But it's his wife thinks he's okay, and does he tell his wife or not? And what does he think of Katrina now because she told him something that he knows is not true? And unless, we also, unless he's still the horseman. I mean, of war. Yeah, he's still the horseman of war. I mean, because I mean, to I be honest, you mean, n- not t- still. You mean he he has become the horseman of war? Orlando. I yeah. mean, uh, Frank. Yeah. Frank. Yeah, he's become a horseman. I think, like, because to be honest, the horseman doesn't have anything really to do with Moloch that much. Uh, doesn't have that much to do with Henry either. Moloch was just the organizer. Moloch well, was Hen- the- Henry is the horseman of war. Oh, sorry. Who? Which horseman were they turning Orlando into? We don't know. We don't. We don't know we that don't they know. were turning him into anything. That's just my just crazy theory. His, yeah, we just know his soul was signed away to Henry. Then I'd say he's probably pestilence, because if you look at if you look at the history of like plagues and things like that, it's always body intact. Um, people dead though. It's like always the 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 image of a dead corpse as opposed to like 
hacked up body or anything like that. It, it would be interesting. Like I would love to see that plot line play out where he turns into a horseman. Yeah, because um, I don't think we need Henry or Moloch to still have the horsemen or to still have that. Be yeah, I mean, the, the, horse, of the, the horsemen of the apocalypse could still bring the apocalypse. Somebody had pointed out we had been very high on the idea that Moloch was the thing to be stopped to mm-hmm. stop the apocalypse that they were supposed to witness and trial over for seven years. But it doesn't have to be Moloch. There can still be an apocalypse that's going to take seven years to play out. Well, we know, and this is, I mean, this is also from seeing previews from next week, it's like, we know that now that Moloch is dead and Purgatory has a giant hole in it and everything's leaping over, it's like there are all kinds of possibilities now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're really setting it up for Big Baddie. For, oh, we get a baddie this week, we get a baddie this week. Lucifer. Lucifer. But see, that's that's what I think we need to be careful of. I don't necessarily want, like, Every week, a different thing. I want somebody controlling. I want at the organized end. baddies. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like you want the Hessians see. back. You yeah. want you want the yeah, kindred what back. To the Hessians. And what happened to the kindred? They were very busy with Oktoberfest. Yeah, it's a very very demon holiday. <laughs> and they had Oktoberfest for fourteen episodes. Fourteen months. Yes. <laughs> fourteen months of Oktoberfest. Yeah. And the thing is, you can have those once a week villains. And completely play them into an overarching villain at the end. Season one. Mm. There oh, are a hundred. What? I exactly. Have this exactly. <laughs> but there are there are tons of ways that you can have your episodic feel and still be a serialized show at the end of the day. Preach. But it's it's also the fact that okay, I want to I want to take this in another direction. It's just a little bit. Oh no. In that, if you look at like look at this like Batman. If you're going to look at Batman, okay, you have several different villains. You have the hero, right, and his team, but you have several different villains, and those villains aren't necessarily on the same team. They're against each other. They're against no one. They're only out for themselves. They're against Batman specifically. Like, if we could build more of a universe of people and groups, and they tried to do that so well in season one. They tried to have Bad Coven. They tried... I mean, they have the angels, kind of. I mean, if we can just get these more groups that have stories of their own so we have more reach to explore interactions between these things and the consequences on Ichabod when they might not even be involved. Like, if we had, oh, this is a storyline that has the Hessians and the Good Coven, and Ichabod just randomly ends up... And it's not... Because he is a witness, it's just random that he ended up in the middle of this. Like, everything doesn't have to be about our heroes, because there's a world that's supposed to be going on around them. Yeah, and just like, with your Batman mythology, and I think we should talk about talk about the actual episode for a little bit. And, we, and I do want to talk about Katya Winter's uh, comments. Alright, go into but, it. But, um, but before we do, just like with the Batman analogy... There's no reason, like, even in Batman comic books, you don't do one issue, he deals with the Joker. The next issue, he deals with the Penguin. The next issue, he deals with Mr. Freeze. You do a whole arc dealing with the Joker's minions, and then the Joker's, like, attacking him silently at night, and then the Joker comes in, and he has to deal with him directly all over an arc that lasts for multiple issues. But you know that once that arc ends, there's plenty of other baddies that can come out of the world. Exactly. But that's what, that arc should be the season, not one episode. Yes. And that's that's my last piece. That's what I'm it. saying. And the, Let's Jackie, you want to talk about Katya Winter. 
I, I mean, this is this is relative to this is relative to what we've been talking about all season. But she basically sent this tweet, and it's part of a it's part of an interview that she did as well. Are like you a, are you reading the tweet or? Yeah, all I can do is my very best with what I am given. I'm not at all in control over the story that is being told. That said, I agree with you. That's a bold statement for someone who is hired on a show, and when you're doing publicity for the show, you're not supposed to say bad things about the show. Um, but the actors, to this point, actually, uh, even Nikki Bahari and some of her tweets and, and uh, Orlando, they've they've dropped nuggets here and there. But she's actually, I'm I'm really proud of her for saying this because it's basically saying my character got some crappy things to do and didn't have a lot of direction and was hard for me to play. And that gets mad respect from me. But, and Yeah, but that's not on her at the end of the day. I don't think that she's done a particularly poor I, job. She's a, I think she's a good actress. I don't know either way. There hasn't been anything to evaluate her on, which is the problem. Until I, this point where I do want to say, though, that I... I love this. This is why I wanted to see her play evil because you can really see if someone, uh, if someone has to play that line between good or evil, that's when you start to see real acting chops, real acting choices. And there was, there's this moment, which is why I think she was deliberate. She, there was this moment where she's like, okay, where's Henry? Do you know anything about it? And then she makes this choice. And I'm like, that is exactly what I want to see. Like, bold choices. They gave her a bold choice to make. It looks like they might be making her evil. Um, I also liked the filming style they did where she had, like, double heads when they were filming it. Did you see mm-hmm. that? The the filming in this episode was amazing. I just, I love the, the way they filmed it. I think the PR team would never let her tweet that out if they were not act- actively trying to apologize to fans. Yeah. I think... The fact that she did tweet that, and she's probably still going to be on the next season, things like that, I think that they're really trying to bring this show back and redeem it for what it once was. Um, What's really kind of interesting about her character, though, is what I don't like about where they have to take her, is that now that they've done all this with Katrina, and she's had all these plots with Ichabod and all this stuff, she has to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's, like, you just know it now that it's not even really worth guessing whether she's bad or good, because there would be absolutely zero payoff if she wasn't, like, a huge bad in the end. Yeah, but I think that could be very interesting for her character, because no, she, definitely. she has a backstory with all the guys, like, the main bad guys. Like, she has a history mm-hmm. with Abraham. She ha- Henry's her kid. I mean that that actually would be really powerful to have her, her form some sort of like family thing with them. Her turn to the be- to the to the the dark side if you will would not be unmotivated. Yeah. And that's what would be great about it is it would work. It would fit with the story. It would feel right. And that's what the a lot of things haven't felt right. Moloch's rise at the midway point in season 2 didn't feel right. It felt rushed. But but um, Katrina's turn towards being bad could feel motivated if it meant reuniting with her son. Yeah, I think I think as Ichabod and Katrina grow further apart, she'll take the chance to bring Henry back, and not in that carnation of Henry. I think she will be bringing back the son that she thinks she knows. Wouldn't that be great if she was raising an actual demon baby instead of in the episodes where she 
didn't really know it was a demon. Or, <laughs> um, I, I got to shout out Chosharda Sharda in the chat. She says, I want Andy to come back. He's like a cockroach. He don't die. He multiplies. And you can survive getting his neck snapped. He can survive an avalanche of ceiling pieces. Besides, selfie has been canceled. Andy must teach the way of the frenemy. Well, he, we do know that Purgatory has open, split open, and that's where we saw Andy last. So it's maybe possible. Purgatory Prom might be coming Purgatory back. Purgatory Prom. <laughs> I do. I And you can quote me on this. I do think, like... There was that moment when she didn't tell him anything and and she was just like she was just like no you're fine. I was like you go girl. Like I think I would be 110% behind her and really support her character if she was evil because there have been some really good evil characters on television and people who play them really well have cult followings. That could be a yeah. moment for her. So uh, I agree. Full Harley, because um, I know we're, we're starting. Do you want to talk about the episode? I would like to. I would Yay! love to talk about the episode. episode. Um, so about the episode, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I totally did. Um, so it basically revolves around somebody from Holly's past coming. They start in the karaoke place. They're singing. Ichabod, Ichabod sings this very sad song, talking about men drowned on a boat. But um, when I was your age, we didn't have these fancy karaoke machines. We sang from the heart. I love when he he sees like the Britney Spears song in there, and he goes, "Oops, I did it again." It, those are those are the little jokes we love. Where he's, the moments, yeah. Well, like the like I didn't know she was a performer. Yeah, like, she's singing crazy, which is a great like. Nicole Kahari does have a really like, nice singing voice. Yeah, she really does. Yeah. Um, and who knows that? Um, uh, Ichabod was such a baritone. Uh, <laughs> so they bring in they bring in this guy McKinnon, who Holly was supposed to meet up with, and because Holly doesn't come back to the karaoke bar, they just, Jenny convinces them that something's wrong because Ichabod's Ichabod's <laughs> very insensitive to the fact that Jenny was getting thirsty. So um, they go to McKinnon's to see who set him up because Holly got set up by this woman named Camilla who has sharp teeth and claws. So she's like any other woman, really. A- like. Acidic that claws. That is not cute. That's not fair. I'm sorry. She was like a vampire character. Hashtag you had, sorry, a, not you sorry. had a shooter with like fire and iron. So Holly agrees to help her um, because apparently she raised him from age 12 to 18 and probably be- trained him as the thief he was and now a treasure hunter kind of thing. She looks very good for having raised him. <laughs> That's all I could think when I saw her. I was like, You his mama? Aren't you a little young? I mean, she'd be raising something else. Uh, well, in, and then there was that moment where he was like shirtless, and she was like, "That was a little incestuous." I mean, she's not his mom, so she's his like creepy. Aunt. Zach, don't go down that rabbit hole. I, I wasn't going down a rabbit hole. She's the one that wants to go down a rabbit hole. Do you think she's immortal? Maybe that's why she's so young. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Is like yeah. I, I think uh, my question is like, when did whenever she when did she get? Turned into a demon. Do we did we establish that? No, I don't think they establish it, and I don't think we need to know yet because I hope they bring her back so we have another storyline with her. Because then, because then she could have been turned into a demon, like either before they met or like just after. So like he sees her and like he's probably not going to com- like pay her compliment. <laughs> Matt, you like, look so young. Yeah, you look like you haven't <laughs> aged a day. So the story, the great thing about those Vitali, I keep getting older, they stay the same age. Oh. Same day, Actually, that should get a punch. <laughs> that yeah. was a good joke. Okay, um, so she tells him the story about how they t- somebody turned her on a Vitali, so she wants to find this artifact that's in the Knox house. 
um, so she can change herself back into a human because, oh, I just miss being a human and not this immortal, almighty, powerful thing that apparently seems pretty awesome to me. Um, so, <laughs> Holly Acid Gre- Claws thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Holly agrees to help her. Um, he runs and breaks into the archives to steal... Um, the map. The, oh, he steals the map with like the uh, Sons of Liberty information on mm-hmm. it so he can access the vault. They show up at Knox's house because apparently he's having a party. Ichabod gets sidetracked by him liking his antiquities. That was such a cute moment where the where the Knox guy loves his loves his uh, crossbow <laughs> and his outfit. And uh, Jenny finds Holly after he breaks the safe. Uh, he locks her in a closet though because. <laughs> She's still gullible enough to believe everything he says at this point. Well, well, she's in love with him. Yeah, love makes you do stupid stuff. So she gets the Shiva or the the Kali. Yeah, it's the Kali. The Kali Yuga, right? Not Kali Ma. Not Kali Ma. Not Kali. <laughs> not Indiana Jones. <laughs> not Indiana Jones. Um. So she gets in the vault, finds the statue, and that's when Jenny confronts her. And no, sorry, not Jenny. Abby. Abby confronts her. And, uh, yeah, Abby, not really the best strategy against somebody who's pretty much like a god. I know, <laughs> facing her on her own. So then we get, uh, what, I think it's well, Ichab- Ichabod, Ichabod, Ichabod coming. and Abby aren't communicating. Yeah, yeah they could have, like, teamed up, but no, they, they, Abby gets taken hostage in a way. Ichabod has, this, has the crossbow. And basically, Holly has to come break this shindig up and be like, look, I'll go with you. All right, I'll get shirtless. You'll be able to cut my chest. You'll be able to do all that stuff we used to do when I was 13. You know, that shaped me as a man. No. She called it treasure hunting. No. (laughs) And that is how you ruin, ruin your information about the show. Anyway, so... Holly agrees to go with her. She gives him some wine. They'd be partying, and he gets Bill Cosby. And oh, uh, whoa! <laughs> All, All right, these things. Moving Steve. on. I'm not even getting on. <laughs> and so they decide to go follow him. Was it her, his cell phone that they followed? What did they track to get him? Um, Holly still has a something. He, with, he has Jenny's cell phone. Jenny's yeah. cell phone. Okay, so they track him down to the place, and there's there's randomly another Vitali there. Who yes. we didn't run into before, but well, no, he, we saw him at um, when he went to meet the first guy because he thought he was buying some like enchanted oh, yeah. shuriken. Okay, um, that guy was there. He like pulled up in the car with uh, his, his creepy aunt mama. This is another reason I love Sleepy Hollow, though. First off, there's a whole underground here where everybody wants like wants like these like magical artifacts, which is <laughs> awesome. And then there's even parties that people have to talk about ancient magical artifacts. So I don't. I love. I love that Sleepy Hollow brings brings these things about. Yeah, I I, I was a fan of this episode. So I was, a, uh, I was a fan that there's this whole underground artifacts dealing world that we're getting to know. I like the 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 Indiana Jones thing with the spikes in the wall coming out of the vault because they hit iron <laughs> instead of gold. It was totally Star Wars. And it was totally gold. Yeah, it was yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, it was Wars. like they Star Wars meets Indiana Jones. <laughs> they, they, why would they not pick gold? Fort Knox is like the place that has the most gold in the United States, and they didn't pick gold, they picked iron. But Fort Knox was named for the man. The man wasn't alive when they built Fort Knox. And he apparently died poor, which is what Ichabod said. Yeah, yeah he died poor and in debt because of gambling. Um, and she let Ichabod I, do the choice first, so she it's did. Ichabod's fault. She did. 
Yeah, it, it was a cool. It was a cool plot line. It yeah. was. Um, I liked it. it was yeah. a cool, and I liked that he was wrong at first because yeah. we get a lot of those like I th- thought about the people that I know, and this is the one, and then he solves it. Like, and it's, yeah. I liked that he was wrong, and then he had to rethink it, and because and Abby was the one who helped him rethink yes. it. She helped him save yeah. the day. They were a team, mm-hmm. and this is another one of those. Um, uh, national treasure moments, which is why we love the show in the first place. <laughs> it's one of those moments it, where I'm just like, man, I want to know about all these items in this vault. Are we going to come back to this vault? I Are do, they going to rob I this do. vault? I do. I do want to know about the other items in the vault. People are taking well, People pictures. are looking. Um, so, <laughs> Lucky Luz. Um, I'm going to go a quick... I'm going to take 30 seconds to do our iTunes shout-outs real quick. Guys, if you want to help the show, it really helps us out a lot. If you'll go to iTunes, download, subscribe, and leave us a comment. Leave us five stars. If you leave us a comment, we'll give you a fun little shout-out. So, uh, these are the ones from... Uh, the last week, uh, love the show. We'll miss Matt immensely. A little bit of Monica. Well, shout out to you. I think you guys nailed the last episode about Sleepy Hollow not wanting to take risks, but I think an even bigger issue is TPTB no longer being interested in solid, consistent world building. Well, hopefully they're getting back to that. A podcast not to be slept on. Punjar. O I R A M. Uh, awesome podcast, awesome hosts, great podcast, that other person you don't know. I really enjoy listening to you guys. Your commentary is really insightful, funny, and usually offer better applause than the actual writers. Don't tell them you said that. Um, hilarious by Arwen Aowen, 27, Lord of the Rings reference. Love it. Hey guys, love your show. Listen every week. Totally agree with your opinions on Sleepy Hollow. Seriously, do something with Katrina, three exclamation points. A real fun show by Court0624. I was excited to hear my review during the last show. If I reviewed again, do I get another shout out? Yes! Each and every week when I hear the crazy funny puns, I laugh out loud, but please keep the fun puns and great show um, and Petura Infamante this is from Pink Glee three stars she's the one Jackie was speaking mm-hmm. directly to um, I like everyone else except Jackie is what she said well at least you like us and at least you're still downloading uh, we like Jackie we like These Jackie are, yeah we like Jackie so. I will get you your own actual soapbox ah. because I like the rants alright and I'm going to shout out the people in the chat room real quick we have uh, 66 watching right now I'm not going to do all their names clearly my coffee SF singer Saxager just shard of techno griffin born guy Darla Bubbles and mermaid Adams and that's all I see I want to give a, a shout out to uh, T-Sax Jr. On oh, that's the what I meant by Saxon. But I, but like specifically, one thing that they're saying because I didn't know this. Um, this was apparent according to them. This is the first episode that was shot after they started airing the season. Oh. Yeah, so it's changed. Um, so that yes. because that means that they started to see reactions, or Fox at least started to see reactions. Fox, yeah, Fox has stepped in heavily because the show is tanking, and uh, I mean for them, and they haven't cut it yet. They're giving it a chance. So, so well, I, inter- that's if they're changing it for the better, I hope they get a third season. That's that's all I'll say about that. Okay, so talking about the episode again. We were at the fight scene, so they find out that iron and fire is what you use to kill these things. They finally beat her back, but what I was surprised at, which I think we all were surprised at, is that she didn't die. Yeah, she didn't die. She got away. She ran away, and then it gives it gives Holly an out for a bit. Mm-hmm. They're putting Holly on the silence for a bit, because he's going to go hunt her down. Do you think he's coming back? Yes, definitely. I, I think he'll come back if it's relevant, or if... It, if let's say we get Jenny into some other romance and then bringing him back causes immediate conflict because that was actually 
I think you agree with me. That was the best moment Holly has had when he's telling her that uh, that he wants to protect her and he wants to leave so, so that he's not bringing this harm upon them. Um, and she tells him he has a family here. And it's the best acting I've seen come from him because it's the it's the most his character has had to do aside from like just acting like a jerk off. Yeah, well, it would be great to see him back. Um, just like Franklinstein, he could ride in to save the day mm-hmm. at like an opportune moment. Do you guys want to go into predictions? Sure. Yeah, we don't have much. We have like two minutes left. Um, so let's get into predictions. That's the Downton Abbey theme song, (laughs) not the prediction soundboard. Anyway, um... Are we doing that? I didn't see the scenes from next episode. I'm not really going to predict too much for this season because I still am a few episodes behind. I just watched tonight's episode and I still have to catch up a little bit. Um, So I can't really say things about Orion because I don't know about that character too much. Um, But what I will say is that I think it would be a really interesting plot twist if they brought Holly back as a Vitali. I, I could see that because what if they did completely g- reverse it? it that and it would give them a re- it would give them another monster technically, but a chaotic neutral already that's now a monster that wants their help. So it'd, it'd be kind of an interesting twist to put Holly so. in that position. And I think yeah. it would really be a good choice for that character if they're going to bring him back. Uh, I actually thought think? that while watching it. I thought, like, what if he turns into the vampire and now they have this, like, that's what I've been calling it, the, the vampire, and they mm-hmm. have this character around. I think it would. Be, I think that would be interesting. Yeah, I think we're going to wind I think Irving is going to turn out to be the servant of some evil person. Maybe, oh, what if, I would love it if it was headless. If his soul yes. has been transferred to Headless. If who? Uh, what? If Irving's soul has been transferred to Headless, so Headless is in control of him. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. Because I want more Headless! Like, I know. Sleepy Hollow! That's sleepy Hollow. I, I mean, next week, Steve, they had a preview for... Um, it, showing that there you have this warlock coming in, so we get to know more about witches, which I'm just excited about in general because it's the mythology that is has not been clearly developed. And if we show. can build on that, like where Katrina in this moment we saw her doing like some legit magic, yes, with another witch or warlock or whatever, there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. How crazy would it be if we saw another Orlando Jones, except it was obviously Henry? That would be interesting. So he basically Henry had basically hijacked his soul. Like he has like an evil twin. Like no, like it's a clone of Henry, except it has the soul. I mean, it's a clone of Irving, except it has Henry inside of him because he hi- he took Henry's oh. soul. I don't know all of these things and more when you tune in next week on Sleepy Hollow. I, I do want to say though, I, I I love the karaoke. I love the songs and the music in this episode. It it all built up to like be what we love about Sleepy Hollow, which is dramatic effect balanced with comedic effect. Yeah, and, and it's more Holy Diver. And good, <laughs> and good, solid, right? Like, just down to, like, the fact that, like, we opened up the episode on Nicole Bahar singing crazy. Yeah. Like, I remember when I lost my mind. Come on, that's smart writing. Yes, it is. Alright, guys, well, thank you for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, as well as hosting the Helix After Show. We got a bunch of guests lined up for that. Um, where can we find you guys? At 123Jackie underscore B on Twitter. At 123Jackie B, all one word on Instagram. Um, I'm hosting the... I'm temp, I'm filling in for the Hindsight After Show on Thursday, so tune in. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at ThatZachWilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. Whole bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. Agent Carter coming up later tonight here on AfterBuzz TV. All right, guys, we'll see you next week for another Sleepy Hollow After Show for Season 2, Episode 15. Take care, guys. 
from executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Good night, sleepyheads. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.